Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Nothing better than football Friday on Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And by all means, be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up and fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. And we're starting right out of the gate with some NFL and Dan Graziano, who is joining us here on set. Hembo is here with us, too, for the show. And, Danny, you watch a game like last night. We appreciate it. ESPN's NFL Insider. And I think Kyler Murray didn't completely take away his possibilities at the MVP. But that was a performance where... Credit the Packers because they made Kyler Murray look like a mere mortal for once. Look, I mean, you think about what the Packers did, right? They had a game plan on a short week for a road game. Their defensive coordinator, when you know, it wasn't around all week because he tested positive, they don't have Zadarius Smith. They don't have Jair Alexander. They didn't have Kevin King for the game. I mean, they're shorthanded on defense, playing a team that no one's been able to stop. And you're right, they did, they did just enough. They got the stops they needed. So, I mean, as great as Aaron Rodgers and that performance is, shorthanded on offense, that, that Packer defense is the one that, that really kind of made you stand up and go, oh, that might be something, you know, that matters as and the season goes along. I was impressed by it, and, and I think it's hard not to be. And at, at the same time, what the Packers did offensively to run the football and really Mm -hmm. take advantage of that, not just because they're down receivers, but because that is, if there is an area of weakness for the Cardinals, that would be it. Yeah, run the ball and throw it to their backs. I mean, look, you you see A.J. Dillon's a second-round pick last year. They love that guy. Obviously, they love Aaron Jones. They spent money to bring him back. So, you know, Matt LaFleur comes from... Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, all these guys, all those offenses, as great as they can look throwing the ball, are built off the run game. They run through the run game first. They like to be deep at running back, and they like to be, you know, have, have varied kinds of running backs. And you can see that was, you know, that was, that's the way LaFleur likes to play last night. ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano joining us in studio. This is Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. All right, Danny. Let's shift over to Dak Prescott. It doesn't make any sense to me as to why they would play him this weekend. Do you anticipate seeing Dak this weekend against the Vikings? As the week has gone on, they, they still say they're optimistic. They still say things are going fine. But the, the talk as the week has gone on has made me think maybe they might hedge the other way. Look, he could go out there and practice today and be fine and feel nothing and, and get cleared. That's, an, that's a possibility, maybe even a likelihood. But I, I think... If you go back a week, go back four or five days, I think you would say that we were maybe underestimating the possibility of him having to miss this game. I think there was a thought coming into the week that he'd be okay. And I don't think that's 100% certain at this point. So today is going to be a very telling day in terms of their practice. Uh, My understanding is there there are certain things they need him to do to show them in practice in order for them to clear him. And if he doesn't, then the doctors are going to shut him right down. You know, I want to take a listen to Bart Scott for a second from yesterday and get your reaction to this because heard him on Barton Hahn, and he made this point in relation to the injury that he's dealing with with the calf and what that could potentially be a precursor to. He had a calf injury, our second uh, AFC Championship run, and he, uh, 2010 with the Jets. Yeah, and he strained it, and he ended up blowing his Achilles out. Oof. Right, so he blew his Achilles out, and 
know, that's what happens. These things, especially with the quarterback position, can turn to other things. Remember, he may be already compensating on the other side or if it's the same side with the ankle injury that ended his uh, season last year. So now you've got another injury, soft tissue. If that thing tears or, or the Achilles pops, then you lose the opportunity when you're finally living up to expectations to be able to go to the Super Bowl because you're not going to do it with your backup. Mm-hmm. You only do it if he's there. And the fact is you have a three-game lead on your division. So, like, what do you care about? Like, the division can't catch you. And after this game, the Minnesota game, you know, they have a nice, soft schedule. Now, Bart's talking about Damian Woody there right. uh, when, when he was with the Jets. Now, that in mind, um, not that it's a definite that it's going to lead to that. Yeah. But – do you worry if you're the Cowboys about thinking a little bit too smaller picture than bigger picture, especially when you have the Cardinals go out and lose last night? Well, of course. And I think that's, you know, fans are going to hear what Bart Scott said. It's Halloween. Like he's telling scary stories. Like that's the worst <laughs> thing you can imagine is an injury like that to Dak Prescott. But the Cowboys medical staff uh, has the complete trust of this player and, and the team. And when you think about them able to get him back from the injury he suffered last year in time to play and play at an extremely high level in time for week one this year. And then you remember training camp when he had the thing with the shoulder and they were doing MRI after MRI and, and, and the program was really measured. And he trusts them and, and, the, and the people that run that team trust the medical staff. They have shown with this player especially that they will be responsible. So you know, they're not listening to this show you know, or to Barton Hahn and going, oh, I never thought of that with the no. Like, they know this. And so, yeah. obviously, if there's a possibility of that happening, they're going to stay as far away from it as possible. You know, we've got the trade deadline coming up, Danny. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider with us. Um, what are the intriguing situations around the league that you're paying attention to? I mean, the biggest one is Deshaun Watson, and for a, a lot of reasons, obviously. We don't know if he, it's even possible that he gets traded. Everything that's going on off the field with him, the serious allegations and the lawsuits. But uh, if there's a team willing to meet Houston's price, it's possible Deshaun Watson is on the move uh, in the next couple days. Other than that, I mean, look, it's you saw Mark Ingram get traded this week. There are teams that would trade you running backs, right? Baltimore would love to talk to people about their running backs. Um, Houston has more guys on the roster that I think could be on the move, guys they signed uh, this offseason. They just want picks. They want to they get to the rebuild and do it quickly. Uh, so, so they would move guys, uh, you know, here in New York, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if the jets would do uh, Marcus may trade, right? Like this yeah. isn't, you know, this is a guy that they didn't sign long-term. He's their franchise player. Are they going to sign him long-term? If not, maybe they can get something for him. So, so names like that. And I'm sure there'll be some surprises, but, uh, but that's a little bit of a smattering. Watson's obviously the headliner, but I, I still don't, I still, I still think there's too many hurdles to clear for a team to make that move be, between now and Tuesday. And what's your flip? Which, uh, flipping over to the Giants for a second, what's your read on Evan Engram? I think he's a player that intrigues team, but I'm just, uh, teams, but I'm just not sure what price, right? Like, I'm not sure, like, if you lose Evan Engram to free agency and you can get a, what, a third or fourth round compensatory pick for him, or are you going to do any better than that right now by trading him? So he's a player that the Giants like having around and, and – you know, I don't think they've ruled out keeping long term, but yeah, it, it's a it's a talented guy that other teams look at and say, can he be had? Because it looks like his role in the offense isn't what they imagined it would be. All right, Dan, last one. You're a Met fan. Who's going to run this team? The Mets. I yeah. mean, I got to tell you, I I, <laughs> I am not plugged in on any of that. Like even to the point of paying much attention to it. So I, I'm the wrong guy to ask there. But uh, 
you know, the, the new owner obviously is, uh, is a character and, and he's somebody that's going to, you know, he's going to. Doesn't feel like in a great way. He's not going <laughs> to sit around and do nothing. So even though sometimes maybe it's better to do that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Dan Graziano, ESPN yeah. NFL Insider. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for hanging around. My pleasure. We're just getting started on Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only 299 bucks, no contract, all on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. So, what does last night's win mean for the Green Bay Packers and perhaps more importantly for the Arizona Cardinals? Rob Nikovich joins us in studio next. Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Football, football, more football on this Friday edition of Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Of course, on your smart speaker as well. ESPN Radio is always presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Right now, it is time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We welcome in ESPN NFL analyst Rob Ninkovich, who we appreciate hanging around for a few minutes here. We're talking during the break about the game last night, Rob. And, you know, the Packers, credit them, Rasul Douglas makes a play. Mm, And that's what it's about, right? It's about making plays, and that was a terrific play. But that last sequence, in when you're throwing the ball in the end zone, what is it about it that rubs you the wrong way? I won a Super Bowl from throwing the ball in the end zone. So, (laughs) hey, yeah, yeah, throw the football. Great, yeah, throw a pick. Uh, No, there's certain things. So there was maybe... Three examples of frustration when I watched that game last night. The first one was with Green Bay after the muff punt, where they get the ball on what, like the four-yard line. They literally go three plays throwing the football, and they have to kick a field goal. Like, they've been running the ball well, and not only were they— Especially short yardage with Dylan. But even with short yardage, they were getting stopped behind the line of scrimmage, but yet he was still falling forward for more yards. So there was two or three instances of getting stopped, hit behind the line of scrimmage, but not being able to stop him. He still runs for the first down, still gets into the end zone for a touchdown. So that frustrated me. So I I said to myself, if they lose this game, it's because of that possession. Well, then you go into where they go for it on fourth down. They're on, like, the two-yard line. They go for it on fourth down. They, go, they throw the ball. It's batted down, turnover on downs. If you lose the game, it's because of that one too. And then you go to the Cardinals. They drive all the way down to the field. They get to the end of the game, and they throw a quick outside fade pass that's intercepted where there was miscommunication. 
I hate those plays. I hate when I see like a two-point conversion and the team literally like ran the football all the way down to score. They score. They get the ball. What do they do? Quick fade, incomplete, game over, or they don't get the two-point conversion or they don't score. And in that instance, you know, you're throwing a, a 50-50 ball up hoping that it works out and you lose the football game. What did that game do for your perception of the Cardinals and of the Packers? You know what? Thursday night games are a little bit difficult to judge a team 100% on like a Thursday night game because we've seen some really bad football on Thursday night. And the Cardinals didn't look good. It's a short week. You might be dealing with something. You might have, you know, we, we know that Green Bay was dealing with not having certain personnel, not, and they still won the football game. So you have to give them credit for going out to Arizona. It's not easy to travel, to get there, go play a good football game, good football team, and they win. Um, so my takeaway is it could have went either way. You know, with those certain situations that I talked about earlier, it could have gone Arizona's way if if they completed a couple passes or if they made a couple more stops. It could have went it went Green Bay's way, but they could have easily lost it if they weren't able to execute. Um, so my takeaway is they're both good teams that are going to be in it at the end of the season. I think both of these teams are going to be um, fighting for a spot into the playoffs. We know that Green Bay is going to win win the division. Will Arizona win the division? We will see, but they're both going to be in it at the end. Rob Nankovich, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us on Greeny. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. Hembo with us as well. And I want to shift over to the Cowboys. And Hembo, you pointed this out during the break. There is a perception among people, or the betting public to be more specific, that maybe we're not going to see Dak Prescott this weekend. So the line opened with Dallas as a two-point favorite in this game. Over the last three days or so, it's now swung to Dallas as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, a four-and-a-half-point swing over the course of a few days. That's not line movement from the public. Like That's, that's Dak Prescott skepticism. So they're not saying with certainty that he's not going to play because he's probably worth something like seven or eight points. But four-and-a-half tells me that they feel strongly that like he's, he's not 100%, even if he does, and there's a good chance he winds up not playing. Let's listen to Dak real quick yep. on yep. his injury and what he has to say about where he is right now. I don't know if it's just my decision. Obviously, you guys know me, been around and, and watched me, watch me go. I tell you right now, I'll go play, play today if I could. So knowing that this is a long journey and a long season, I don't necessarily know if this is fully my decision, uh, but I'm going to just keep controlling the things I can, get better. I've gotten better each and every day. What I went through was uh, last year a pretty – traumatic injury to the leg and so I mean I think I honestly think this calf had something to do with that so as much as I'm bearing it mentally and the way that I come back and the way that I play the game um, I think I still have to be very cautious and um, conscious of working on it and keeping it right in the, in the right position uh, strengthening it staying focused making sure the the, the mobility is there on it uh, and that's something that I'm sure I have to do for the rest of my career so um, yeah it's frustrating but it's just I think just another wake up is hey it's that, that was pretty bad last year and you've got to be buttoned up every game and every day pretty much that I come out here and play such a physical game. We know every player wants to play. And I listened to Dak there, though, and he starts it with, it may not be my decision completely, and he's talking about the fact that he fears that this might be tied into last year's injury. You listen to him there. Would you play Dak this weekend? No, no. Why? It's, yeah. it's, there's no point to play him right and now. And it kind of feels like that's what he's I, saying a little when bit. You, when you look at... It's it's not a division matchup. It's not a it's not something that is going to basically decide your season. So if this was, you know, a game that had to be won or a game that you were in the playoffs and he's if you if this was a game that had to be a winning 
of effort by everybody, he would be, he'd be out there playing. They would do whatever it takes. But at this point right now, if you lose that guy, you know what happens to your season? It's gone. It's gone. So sometimes you have to protect the player from the player's mentality of, I can fight through it. I can play through pain. I could play through an injury. Because at this point right now, you're almost halfway through the season. Everybody's dealing with a ding, an injury, a sprain, a bruise. Everybody is. It doesn't matter who you are. But there are certain instances of playing through something that could possibly tear more or set you back a long time. And, and a calf is one of those. It's like a calf, a hamstring. Those are things where you've, you've heard of guys that are out a season because, you know, their hamstring rolled up like a lampshade or, you know, it's, it's, or a window shade. Sorry, not lampshade, but you know what I meant. You know what I meant. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever, yeah, like a, up lamp yeah, shade. lampshade. No, it's more of like the window shade. Yeah. So, um, I'm more of a blind. Yeah. Blinds. Yeah. I'll, you know, twist them, you know, do the light coming in and out. But, uh, yeah. So I, I think that it's up to the, staff to make sure that they put him in the right positions because I understand as a player you're you're also trying to keep your momentum going so you miss a you miss a week because you had the bye okay you got you got some time to rest but then you miss another one you might miss out on that momentum so I think a lot of it has to do with let me just keep this going because we're feeling good we're winning we, we look good I'm playing well couple weeks down maybe it maybe it it affects just the way that that team is is moving you know you have been on the Bengals for quite some time and yes I have here they are they're rolling right now oh Rob you don't know what you're talking about oh okay (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) well it's funny you've got two teams this weekend and the Bengals and the Jets clearly headed in different directions but if you actually think about it and I think Robert Sala was trying to make this point uh that he looks at the Bengals and maybe the Jets are in a similar situation to where the Bengals were last year and that they lost their quarterback. And, you know, next year they may be able to get another top five pick, another uh, make another impact. We'll get to that in a sec. But the idea with Cincinnati is that you look at a team that is a 10.5-point favorite against a guy that has barely ever played in the NFL, and that number still feels light. It still feels like the Bengals mm-hmm. aren't getting enough respect. No, I don't think they are. And... um the defense isn't getting the respect they deserve. I, the offense, we know that they have Joe Burrow. We know that they have Chase and they have explosive players offensively. But they have a top defense in the NFL that nobody's really saying anything about. And they have a good pass rush. They went out and they acquired some people. They acquired Trey Hendrickson from the Saints. Didn't pay him $100 million like some of these pass rushers are getting. But guess what? He's a top five pass rusher in the NFL. Um, and he is a great signing for them. They've been able to produce a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and guess what? They are leading the division right now, and I would say that the difference between another team and Joe Burrow is I think Joe Burrow's built differently. I think his mentality, I think his ability to, to fight through adversity. I mean, the kid tore his ACL, comes back, and looks – Really, really good. So what's he going to – they say usually two years after your yeah. ACL injury is when you really feel great and you're really – well, I tore my ACL. I'll tell you, it took me three years to feel as explosive as I was before I had my ACL. And it's a mental thing. He's gotten over it. He's, he's past that, and they're playing really good football right now. And uh, Lou Anarumo is the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was 
the secondaries coach with me at Purdue. So then he went to Miami. I played against him a bunch when he was with the Dolphins. Um, and I talked to him recently on the phone. And he's just excited. You know, they're excited for the group of guys that they have. He's excited for where they could potentially be and where they can go. Not just this season, but think about the next few years right now. You got an, a quarterback that's going this way. You got a defense that is young. You have young, talented receiving core that's going to just get better with time. So, you know, I think the only thing that we all have to be concerned with, and I was, Lou was saying it, we got to have our quarterback slide. Mm, He's just got to stay, he's got to protect himself. He's just got to stay healthy. You know, and and you saw the shot he took against the Packers. I picked them to beat the Packers. Dang it. The lonely kicker let me down. Um, (laughs) But they just got to make sure that, number one, he's protected. He's He's smart with his decisions as far as, okay, should I, should I go head first for that first down or should I just take slide and maybe lose two yards? Make him watch Russell Wilson on a loop. I mean, there's no better yeah, than sliding. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. It's really and even good. he's hurt right now. Well, the hard part is when you're one to two yards to go, when you slide, they literally spot the ball like when you start your initial slide. Right. So I think a lot of the quarterbacks are like, I'm close. Yeah. And the defenders are like, yeah, come and get it. The yeah. instincts kick wow. in, you know? All right, last one. Um, I don't know if you're wearing your Patriots jersey under the shirt today. But you have got uh, have the Patriots. Few, I have a few of those. Right. Home, yeah. But uh, you have the Patriots going out and taking care of business against the Chargers. Yeah. And I'll, be, I'll admit it. I think the Chargers are one of the more underappreciated teams in the league right now. I have trouble off of a bye and off of getting their tails kicked in Baltimore believing that the Chargers are going to fall victim to this again while the Patriots may be up and comers Rob what makes you think they're ready to go and do this well you said victims again so do you remember last year when they were shellacked 45 to nothing 45 to nothing the Patriots last year were six and six they weren't a great team last year and they Mm -hmm. destroyed them so it was I think it was the worst game that that Herbert has ever played in like mm-hmm. he, he had no touchdowns two interceptions he was like 26 for 53 like I know that because I looked before the show earlier so <laughs> I, you know I was like well he's got the stats I'm not but, a math guy um, but that's less than 50 so, percent so when I think of just the Patriots right now coming off a big win against the Jets yeah it's the Jets but it's it's a momentum building win especially when you win by 50 plus points and when you look at their ability to win last year. You don't think that the the Chiefs are thinking at or not Chiefs are Chargers are thinking at all like, man, they really destroyed us last year. Yeah, we need to make sure we go out here and win. But in the back of your head, you're like, okay, they they had our number last year. I think that the Patriots are on track to continue this momentum forward. You have the best quarterback in the draft class, I think. You know, everyone wants to Mel Kuyper wants to talk about the guy that went to Jacksonville. Well, I think that Mac Jones is the best quarterback of the draft. With the tools that he has, surrounded by the team and the coaching, that is the recipe for a long tenure there with success, winning, and they just need a few more pieces, I think. they got to protect the quarterback better. Their offensive line, you get Trent Brown hopefully back. I know he's dealt with a calf. You know, mm-hmm. talk about calf issues. He's had a calf all year. He had a calf before. So those are the issues you run into with a calf. So, so hopefully he gets back. They can protect Mac Jones. They have a great running game. 
They're very aggressive up front as far as running the football. Now, if they had a true number one receiver, like I'm talking a true number one, they would be really good. Rob, great stuff, man. Appreciate the insight as always. Thank you. Chargers are going to roll. We'll see. Hey, that's why they play. See, that's a great response because every time with the Bengals, all right, we'll see. And look at him now. He is, out, you know, <laughs> you're out there. Hey, you're, you're a peacock that's, right that's now. That's why they play. You know? That's why they play the game. <laughs> to shut us up. We're the experts, right? <laughs> Rob Nankovich. Thank you. ESPN NFL analyst. Great stuff. We appreciate it. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today. That was Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract no compromise. And as always, Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. Hembo, we shift back to baseball and game three of the World Series is tonight in Atlanta. You've got Luis Garcia and Ian Anderson. And when you look at the Braves in this game, is paying as much attention to this uh, as you have as a big baseball guy, is this a must win for the Atlanta Braves? I believe so, yes. Historically, the winner of a game three, when the series is tied at one, they go on to win about 70% of the time, as you know. In this series, I think that number for the Braves is a lot lower, or in this case, a lot higher because of the way that the pitching lines up. So obviously, Charlie Morton pitched heroically in game one, but he's not going to pitch anymore. And Max Fried didn't throw the ball well in game two. So you're relying a lot on Ian Anderson tonight, who's been great in the playoffs, but you're already going to have set up a pen day for game four, a pen day for game five. So you're going to be in a situation here that if you don't win game three, you're relying on a whole host of things. You're, you're, you've got to outscore the Astros. You're going to have to beat the Astros in a shootout. I don't see that happening. So in my judgment, if Ian Anderson can't win his start tonight and give him, I don't know, at least 15, maybe 18 outs, which is sort of foreign by today's standards, I don't think the Braves have much of a chance at all to win this series. Now, if you're going to look at it, we, we saw how good... Luis Garcia was at the end of the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Really did a phenomenal job. And it's amazing we say that through five and two. Ah, my fat finger hit a button. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's amazing we say that now uh, when you give you five and two-thirds scoreless. But that, that's a whole other discussion. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would worry about from a Houston standpoint here is that he is not great against lefties. And the lefties are the guys that do the most damage here in the postseason for the Braves. Yeah, there's no question. Obviously, Jacques Peterson has been unbelievable, as has Eddie Rosario. When you look at the, the production they've gotten from those guys that uh, Alex Anthopoulos acquired midseason, I said this before and I'll say it again. Those guys are three wins away from us remembering that Braves team the way that Red Sox fans remember the 0-4 team. Like his yeah. moves at the deadline this year were hits on all front. And when you consider And how, they were all under the radar moves. Nobody really expected them. It's not, it's not Chris Bryant. It's not, the, no. the, it's not those guys. But when you can sort of quietly accumulate good assets, that's what wins in baseball. If you look at the teams that are left, the more good players you have matters. It sounds silly, but you know the Phillies, for example, are going to have the National League Cy Young winner or at least a finalist in the MVP. They were nowhere close. The Rays had the best record in the American League this year. They're not going to have a finalist for either award. What the Braves were able to do in Acuna's absence is accumulate a bunch of really, really good assets. And if they had kept Acuna, and if Acuna had stayed healthy, they wouldn't have had to do all that. I'm not convinced they reached the World Series if he doesn't get hurt because they were pressed into action because he did. You know, I also look at this from a standpoint of really being thrown off by the fact that the Astros have 
been able to handle all of the distractions around this. And when I say distractions, it's the overall distraction of the last few years. Mm -hmm. That everybody outside that city is clearly, and I saw a map the other day proving it, is rooting for the Atlanta Braves outside that state, and everybody inside the state of Texas in that border almost made me look and see if they had actually succeeded because <laughs> so clearly they are on their own in rooting for that team. Uh-huh. And it truly is, they may be our jerks, or they may be jerks, but they're our jerks, and we're going to embrace this. And, and embrace it, they have too, because Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, to a lesser extent, have been... Sp- Sort of arrogant throughout this process, much more so than I thought they might be, you know, given what we you know, found out originally. And I think Dusty Baker, despite the fact that he's not known as being this great X's and O's manager, has done a great job at channeling that with the temperament of his team. I'm not so sure that he wasn't the perfect guy for that role. And when you can sort of embrace, like when you can sort of use all that as fuel, even though it's fuel that they created themselves, I'm not. I'm not surprised that they're here because obviously we know they're super talented. And I think if they do end up winning, it sort of, in some sense, vindicates that 27 championships. At least it validates how great they, they are now. The other thing that I find a little bit alarming is what's going on with the New York Mets right now. And we're going to delve into that in just moments. And we will take the emotional temperature of Bubba on this situation because as well as things are going for the Dallas Cowboys, I do not think... He will be wearing a Pete Alonzo jersey for months at a time at any time soon since he cannot seem to find anyone willing to run the Mets. Wow. We'll get into that next. Will anybody take the job? Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Hembo is with us in studio. The fellas as well, both Nuno and Bubba. And we're going to get to Bubba in a minute because <laughs> things are going so well for his football team that I have, to, I have to see where he is emotionally or if he has just, frankly, tuned it out for the moment uh, when it comes to the New York Mets. And this is unreal to me. 
we have reached a point where the money cannot bring in the executives. Now, look, I don't know if this is a younger generation quality of life thing, but the New York Mets are not the problem here. The owner, Steve Cohen, is the problem. Sandy Alderson's presence and role in this hiring process is the problem. And these two things are intertwined right now. It's funny, I hear Cohen consulting Chris Christie, as we've talked about, consulting his buddies from uh, his hedge fund. And uh, then I'm thinking, why isn't Sandy involved all of a sudden? Two days after, I'm screaming, why is Sandy involved to begin with? I'd rather have Sandy there. But they, right now, can't give away Cohen's money here, Hembo, to anyone who wants to run this team. And it it's starting to feel like the NBA, and frankly, a little bit like Jim Dolan and Madison Square Garden, where for years, the money was available to players, and it's the biggest stage in the world, but they heard too many bad things about the culture, and that's what this is starting to feel like in relationship to executives coming and not taking the money from Steve Cohen. This, this could not have been something that he anticipated happening when he bought the team, because for my money, this is actually a fairly attractive GM position. This is a good job. There, he, we, we know the owner is willing to spend endless money, seemingly. There is a good, I would say, foundation of players at the big league level that you can easily dream on and see a scenario in which you could make the playoffs as early as next year. So I think that you're right. It has to be him. It has to be. I don't know if there are, I don't know if people at that level are sort of exchanging notes and, you know, there are sort of understood things about that. Or maybe it's just sort of the public perception that he's created with, you know, all the things this year. But it's a good job, and it seems to be there is one reason why people aren't taking it. Why? What is the number right now that we are at? I believe it's seven. <laughs> seven different people have either not wanted to take the job or their owners have denied permission to even talk about the job. Now, that happens. The guy that apparently he wanted the most was David Stearns, mm. who is said to have had some interest in it, but then Mark Atanasio shot that down. You've had the Cardinals Cardinals and Gersh. You've had Mark Shapiro and the Blue Jays. I almost get the feeling that some of these organizations have turned down the Mets because maybe the candidate just said, listen, I don't want to be the bad guy here. Mm. Turn down the team permission <laughs> so that way we don't even have to deal with this. Right, behind, behind closed doors. Yeah. T- tell me this. You mentioned Sandy Alderson as being a factor. How much, like, if we're going to sort of allocate a percentage here, how much of this reserva- these reservations do you think are because of ownership? And how much under, behind the scenes does Sandy play a role in all this? I think that? Sandy plays a role in this. And, and my biggest problem here is the fact that Brian Sabian is not a candidate. Mm. And the reason that he's not a candidate is Sandy Alderson. And that, to me, is ridiculous. I don't know if they're, the relationship isn't great, but it doesn't appear like that was the case. And for Sandy to not have a guy, well, you know, you talk to people, well, Sabian's 65 years old. Maybe they're looking for a younger guy. Sandy's 73. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's older, for Pete's sake. And if you're talking about a sabian Bochi combination, that's a home run. Home run. Because think about what Sabian did in San Francisco. It wasn't just constructing the three championships. It was the years before that, where they were operating like a small market team before they had a ton of money to work with, 
And they were in it each and every year. And each and every year, none of us had an explanation as to why they were able to be in it. Now, if you're not going to bring him in, bring in Sabian, bring in Bochi for that reason, it's dumb. And don't forget, Sandy fired Bochi in San Diego. That may play a role as well. Now, we have to bring in Bubba because nobody wants to run your baseball team. And yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> so we are starting to hear from a lot of names that I've never heard before. And we're talking to teams number two and three guys. Sometimes those are the best names. So if I'm reading this correctly, you're choosing to stay optimistic in this situation. Because, Bubba, let's be, fear, let's be clear. Yeah. Our interactions regarding the New York Mets yep. have mostly been of the negative kind down the stretch. Now, this was at the end of the season, but they have mostly been negative. Is that fair? I would say so, yeah. Second, so ha- second half you- of the season has not been pleasant. No. So what? Especially seeing the Braves in the World Series right now. <laughs> Could do without that. All right, so maybe I can bring the negative back out of you here. What had you thinking positively for the very small moment that you did in the next 20 seconds? Well, I, I just, I mean, yeah, definitely disappointed because every time we hear, oh, it's going to be Theo, and then no, it's not. Oh, it's going to be Billy Bean, <laughs> then no, it's not. Oh, it's going to be David Stearns, then no, it's not. You keep hearing these names 30 seconds, and it's going to be great. My only hope is that Steve Cohen is a billionaire for a reason, he he made all this money and he'll figure it out and he'll learn and maybe not learn this week or this month but he'll learn eventually. My favorite part of the story is that there was a story the other day about how the Mets are going to start keeping it under wraps. Think about that for a second. There was a story about how they're going to start keeping it under wraps. Irony. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.